Welcome back to the Datapreneur podcast. Today we have with us the CEO and chairman of Proof Analytics, a company that provides the fastest automated revenue performance optimization, integrating seamless data management and automated no-code modeling analytics with top-class planning and budgeting capabilities. I was just doing some background research and I saw that you pursued uh, international relations and political science in college. Then you worked in multiple different fields such as communications, public affairs, technology, aerospace, and now you're working in analytics. So how did you end up exploring all these roles and just take a dip into different fields? Sure. I mean, I think that that for me personally, uh, well, so number one, I think that they're all interlinked. Right. Um, and I want for me personally, one kind of led to the other. Um, you know, the first time I was ever really exposed to analytics, for example, was using regression uh, to look at political theory. So when I was in school, right, and I was studying political science, I mean, that's a social science. So we were doing research that involved the use of multivariable regression, right? So that was, you know, and, and so all of this kind of swirls around um, in my mind and in my career. Um, and then I think that also, you know, I was in areas of endeavor early in my career that, that, are, that were thought of as being difficult to measure their impact, to validate their impact. So everyone knew they were important, but like, how important is it? Um, and, you know, marketing is a great example of this. Communications is another great example. Uh, public policy and politics in general is a third great example. So I, I, um, uh, I think I would have to say that I got tired of people wondering whether what I was doing was important or not. And so I started to really use analytics to substantiate the fact, you know, its impact. And, um, and I got to actually, uh, as a business leader in large corporations, I got to, to the point, say by 2011, 2012, I was actually probably one of the most advanced users of analytics in, in the Fortune 500 particularly in the marketing area, right? I was, I was really advanced. Um, and that also let me see what the limitations were on analytics. And it wasn't about the math and the data as much as things like the cost, the scalability of the analytics program, the latency of the recalc on the models, uh, the understandability of the results, right, to normal people, right? So uh, that, that's kind of what ultimately took me to what I'm doing today, which I, I, you know, five and a half years ago, I founded Proof Analytics, which is a uh, SaaS uh, software company uh, that has automated 
uh, linear and nonlinear regression. That sounds like a wonderful pass. You definitely have a lot of experience working with data. And you mentioned something about in your marketing role. Could you elaborate on the issues that come up with analytics and marketing? Sure. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, obviously there is the technical data science stuff, right? So there's having a the right hypothesis to test, um, having the data necessary to test the hypothesis, constructing the model correctly. I mean, but let's just say that all of that is sort of table stakes, right? And that you can do all of that well as a data science team and still be unsuccessful in the context of the business, right? And these and the un, the lack of success has nothing to do with your data science expertise. It has everything to do with the fact that you probably don't have enough contextual understanding of the business itself, and so you're kind of almost. It's almost like you have to p-hack your way through the data, right? So that's kind of a problem. Um, you also it takes you a long time. So the latency between recalculations of, uh, in, in normal human powered data science can be many, many months, can be six months, 12 months, right? Um, and then it takes a long time sometimes to, to, for the results to filter through the organization. So if we kind of think about this as the OODA loop question, right? So, uh, OODA loop is, is started in actually in fighter aircraft. So that it talks about, it's the amount of time that it takes for you to observe something, to orient yourself to it, to decide what to do about it, and then to take action. So if the business is moving at five miles an hour and your analytics is only moving at one mile an hour, you're screwed. Right, I mean, you'll never, you'll never be anything but historical in terms of it, your relevance to the business, right? So the whole goal of analytics, particularly regression, right, is to say, hey, you know what? Here's what has happened in the past. This is what we think is going to happen in the future as a result of that, and then be able to rapidly check whether or not that prediction is accurate, right? So, and the longer you have to wait in between recalculations, the greater your risk is. So this is the fundamental problem that I discovered. I was spending five, six, $7 million a year in my last big corporate role, just on data science. And the reason why it was that much is that we overhired data scientists, we, we hired many, many more than we ordinarily would, right? In order to get the low latency on the recalculation to where we needed it to be, right? So it was a brute force solution. And that's where all of a sudden I really figured out that there was a classic automation play here. And so and since we came out, uh, actually last week, uh, Newstar, you know, big analytics company globally, um, came out with an automated platform that competes with us. So 
Uh, clearly, we're not the only ones that feel this way. Right. No, that definitely makes sense because, as you said, if the business is increasing with the speed of five miles an hour and you're only getting an analytics from data at one mile an hour, it's just not going to work. So right. uh, could you talk about the solution that you came up with and that you're still working on? Have you uh, done any cool projects or some interesting uh, businesses that you've helped you can share about? Sure. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the net net on proof analytics is that we've taken the math, the understood mainstream multivariable linear and nonlinear regression, right? So re the reality is, is we took the most popular R code packages in the world for these areas of math and we automated them, right? So there's no secret sauce in proof, mathematically speaking. We didn't, we're not like, you know, we're not saying that we're like smarter than everybody else and we have new math, right? That's not what we're saying at all. Um, so we automated it, it's agnostic, right? So you, as long as you have time series data and almost any data that you collect in business is time series, as long as you have time series data, you can look at any issue, any question that you might have using proof, because you could do the same thing the old fashioned way, you know, with Stata or SPSS or R, Python, or, you know, uh, an old style mathematician doing it with a pencil, right? I mean, it's the same thing, it's just faster. We've just made it a lot faster and a lot more scalable. Um, and so from a business perspective, um, it's substantially better. And from a data science perspective, it's, it's the same, but, but easier, because we also have a lot of AI that helps the analyst build the model, right? So you can build a model in proof in about three hours as opposed to multiple days in any other format, right? So that's kind of the essence of it. So one of the big issues in business is time lag. It's also one of the hardest things for a data scientist to cope with, figure out, hey, what's the time lag in this situation versus this situation over here and how the two relate, right? So that's a big part of proof's advantage as well as that we have automated the time lag calculation as part of that whole uh, regression analytic. So when we think about it in terms of business, you know, you spend money in some way and, and then there's this lag. Right, because it does most of the time it doesn't have an immediate effect. You have to wait some period of time. It could be days, weeks, months, even longer. Right, and if you don't know what that time lag is, you will never be able to figure out what the value is that you've created because you won't know where in the calendar to look for it. Right, uh, and it's crucial to being predictive. So particularly in a business context. So that is, uh, you know, that has been really key 
in terms of enterprise B2B companies. So these are, you know, like Hewlett Packard or Oracle or Honeywell or any, any company like that that's not selling to consumers for the most part. They're selling really expensive, big, whatever, right? To other businesses, right? And their deal sizes are in the millions of dollars. And so a lot of those kinds of, we're just talking about marketing's impact on sales, for example, there's going to be a lot of time lag there, right? On the, in terms of the marketing investment and the impact that it had on sales could be six months, 12 months, 18 months, right? And it all depends on the individual marketing investment, right? So this is ultimately a lot like managing an investment portfolio in an investment bank, right? Or your 401k, right? You're, you, you're, try, you're, you're making different bets, different investments, right? And they're all gonna pay off on different time horizons. And it's ultimately impossible to know exactly what a future payoff period will be. But this is where the regression is really important because we can look at it historically and then we can forecast forward and then we can check and recheck and recheck the alignment between the forecast and the actuals. And in proof, you can do it at the speed with which you're provisioning data, right? So if you're provisioning data hourly or daily or weekly or monthly, that's gonna be the recalc. Hey, um, so again, data analytics is really important in this fields. Uh, in these fields, but uh, where do you get this data from and what type of data is used here? So the relationship here that's really important is we start or we encourage our customers to start with what are the questions that you want answers to? What do you want to know, right? Uh, because this is very much the scientific method of inquiry, right? So if, you, if we kind of look at it from that perspective, you start with a question, you have a hypothesis around the answer, which in the case of business is, you know, it's like, this is why we think, this is why we're doing what we're doing, right? We believe that it's having an impact and now we need to find out. Um, that then dictates the model and the model dictates the data that you need in order to arm that particular model. So that is, a, that is a deconstructive way of approaching it. And when people don't have analytics, when all they have is data, they tend to go bottoms up, right? Because they're doing stuff and they're measuring it and then it stops, right? Bill Schmarzo, so uh, he is Dell's uh, chief evangelist around data and analytics. He's commonly referred to as the Dean of Big Data. One of the things that he says in his new book is, is that if all you have is data, right? Data alone is a broken promise. It's not enough, right? If you don't have analytics, you'll never get the value out of the data. And he's right. And I think any data scientist knows that that's the case, but business people have, because the way that everything matured inside of most businesses, they started 
doing what they were doing just because it was common to do these things. And then they were challenged about the results. And so they started measuring those activities and they kept doing them and kept measuring them regardless, but, had, but they had no way of knowing the relative value of all these things, right? They just made assumptions. And particularly in 2020 and also moving forward into 2021, we've seen all of, of the volatility and the variability and the velocity of change and all that kind of stuff really focus businesses on, hey, we got to understand what is creating value. And we, if we're not being, if we can't plan and predict and prove and then pivot as necessary, we're screwed. And so there's a, there's a focus on analytics today that I think is unprecedented, um, at least in the last 30 years. Right. So essentially what you're saying is that a lot of businesses just collect data without knowing what they really want out of the data. Because if you don't know what you want from the data, what are you going to do? It's, and it's really expensive to collect and store a lot of data as well. Absolutely. The cost of securing it alone is... Uh, the other thing that's really important about this is that data... So data is absolutely crucial, right? You can have the best analytics going, and if you don't have the data to feed it, it's worthless, right? So there's very, it's very symbiotic. But data by itself is always about the past and only about the past, right? So if you create a data visualization dashboard in Tableau, and I love Tableau, I, tab, I'm not, this is not an anti-Tableau statement, right? But it, it, it's a statement about the limitations of data. So you can visualize all this, you can talk about it, you can learn some important things from it, but you are learning about the past. You are learning about what has already happened. The bomb has already gone off. You're just learning about how it went off, right? You don't have any opportunity to say, wow, you know what? The bomb is about to go off and I'm going to stop it from going off. Data doesn't give you that ability. It's only when you put data into analytics that you start to say, wow, you know what? I have about 30 days to stop this bomb from going off or whatever. So um, we use a lot of data from the past, but how do we know if that data is going to be relevant today and we're going to be able to make correct predictions based on data from, let's say, 30 years ago? Okay, so, so I don't believe that it's 30 years ago, right? Um, I do believe that, you, you know, going back two to three years is instructive, right? So the real issue is most people are not aware of how things are changing until it's too late, right? So you have history, right? So this is regression, right? You have history and it shows you all the relationships on you know, whatever the model is historically, and then it gives you a forecast into the future, right? The forecast could be correct or it could change based upon external factors over which you have no control, right? 
And if you're only recalcing every six to 12 months, you're totally blind for that period of time, right? So the value of recalcing constantly at a very high frequency, right? Is that you are able to pick up the changes between the prediction and reality really fast and then make a change. You can war game a change to compensate for it. So let's say that actually, you know what? The difference between 2019 and 2020 in most businesses is a great example, right? So 2018, 2019, relatively steady state in many businesses, you could sort of argue that past was prologue in that period of time. And then all of a sudden COVID happens and then there's all these ripple effects that are time lagged, okay? But they ripple out. So most businesses were not directly impacted by COVID as a disease, right? As a virus. They were impacted by the consequences of COVID in the society. And that's why COVID started happening in like February of 2020, maybe even earlier, depending on who you talk to. But you didn't, you started to really see business impact in the April, May, June timeframe of 2020. So it was time lagged about four or five months. Um, if you were running recalc once a year or once every six months, you, you'd be totally wrong, right? About your analytic, because it wouldn't pick up the changes caused by COVID to your business in enough time for you to respond fast enough to make a difference, right? So this is actually why time lag is so crucial because there's time lag between like COVID and the way businesses felt the effects of COVID. There's time lag between that and the business's realization of those changes. There's time lag between that and their ability to understand it and propose changes to their whatever it is they're doing. There's time lag between that and the execution. And then there's time lag between the execution and the impact, right? So you've got to compress this. This is where the OODA loop is everything. And that's why automation is so crucial. Right, so it just goes back to looking at your data and evaluating the analytics again and again, as frequent as, as you can. Um, but let's yeah, not- this, assume, this assumes that you have a good model, that you have good data, all, that all the, the basics are met then yes, I totally agree with that statement, yep. Right, so now let's talk about how automation has uh, disrupted industries today and how it's really important for data analytics as well. Sure, I mean, we think about, for example, the, uh, we think about the major companies that have offered data science on an outsourced basis. So Nielsen, New Star, Analytic Partners. I mean, there's a lot of them, right? In general terms, it's very expensive. So for example, there, I'm working with a, a company right now, it's a very large technology company that is paying one of these uh, consulting firms 
around two and a half million dollars a year to construct one model that is updated every six months, right? And then on top of that, the client just received the analytic for the back half of 2020. So we're in the back half of 2021 right now, right? So they're not even trying to use this work predictively. It's 100% historical and it's not even timely, right? So what is the value of that to the business, right? It's almost nothing. And so that story kind of encapsulates the disruption that is being brought to analytics right now. And it's certainly by proof, but not just by proof, right? In that if you, if you were to do the exact same thing using proof that this company is doing with this vendor, right? For two and a half million dollars, it would cost you about $100,000 a year. And you would have immediate recalc, right? Probably on a daily basis, certainly on a weekly basis uh, for that model. Uh, and you'd be able to scale. You know, so right now, that model is only being deployed in two countries around the world, just two. And this is a global company, right? They have business in most of the major countries of the world. So the two and a half million dollars, one model, two countries out of you know 270, right? It's a joke. I mean, it's, it, this is why analytics isn't relevant to the business world today. It hasn't been, right? And it's not about how smart the data scientists are, and it's not about the math, and it's not about any of that stuff. It's about the operational viability of analytics. And so that's what we're trying to help with. This concludes the first segment of the interview. Stay tuned for some exciting questions and I will see you soon.